Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Do you appreciate what Jesus has done for you? Does your devotion to Jesus demonstrate the true extent of your appreciation? These are some sobering questions we need to ask ourselves. Answers to these questions are found in a parable and its setting that Jesus told on an occasion where he was invited to eat at the house of a Pharisee. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to eat with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with the hair of her head and began kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus responded and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors. The one owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty. When they were unable to repay, he canceled the debts of both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I assume the one for whom he canceled the greater debt. And he said to him, You have judged correctly. And turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she has not stopped kissing my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil. But she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. And then those who were reclining at the table with him began saying to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So we can see at the start of this part of scripture, Jesus accepts an invitation to eat at a Pharisee's house. And a woman who was a sinner, perhaps the prostitute we do not know, comes in and she brings an alabaster full of fragrant perfume. 
She first stands behind Jesus weeping in Luke 7.38. She then washes his feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair. And finally she kisses his feet and anoints him with the perfume. The host wonders whether Jesus could truly be a prophet, for if he were a prophet, he would certainly know what kind of woman this was that was touching him. And knowing what is in the Pharisee's heart, Jesus offers to say something in Luke 7.40. He begins to tell a parable. The parable goes a creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other owed 50. A denarius was equivalent to a day's wage. Neither of the debtors could repay, yet the creditor forgave them both. Jesus follows up with a question and an application. In the second half of verse 42, he challenges Simon, the Pharisee, with a question. Which of them, the debtors, will love him, the creditor, more? Simon's response? I assume the one he forgave more. Does I assume suggest a reluctance to respond on Simon's part? Or could it be he has already begun to see the point of the parable? Jesus replies that Simon has properly judged the correct answer. And then in verse 44, Jesus starts to make a contrast between Simon and the woman. Simon gave him no water for his feet, but she washed them with her tears and dried them with her hair. Simon gave him no kiss, but she has not ceased to kiss his feet. Simon did not anoint his head with oil, but she anointed his feet with perfume. All of these things Simon should have done as a normal host, but he didn't do it for the most important guest of his life. In verse 47, Jesus drives the point home. Now the first part of this verse is a little difficult. Her sins, which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. Is Jesus saying that her love is the cause of her forgiveness? Or is he saying that her love is the proof of her forgiveness? Is she forgiven because she loved much? That's what it sounds like. Or is her much love the evidence of the forgiveness of her many sins? Jesus does say that her faith saved her in verse 50. That is, her faith was the cause for her being forgiven. And her love may have been a reflection of her faith. Consider, if you will, what Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. The latter part of the verse and the implication of the parable itself suggests that her love is the result or proof of her forgiveness. But the one who is forgiven little, loves little. 
Just as one who receives little forgiveness loves little, so one who receives much forgiveness loves much. Her love was the result and not the cause of her forgiveness. Our sins are not forgiven because we love God, but we love God because they are forgiven. 1 John chapter 4 verse 19 Such is the inference of this parable, and quite honestly, the teaching of the entire New Testament. If the woman's love is simply the evidence of her forgiveness, as the parable suggests, then Jesus' next words were designed to further reassure her. Look what he said in verses 48 through 50. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Both statements simply confirm that her great display of love was properly placed, for she had indeed been saved by her faith. While Jesus' words in Luke 7.47 are indeed a little challenging, the parable and its setting teaches a very simple truth. Those who have been forgiven of much are more likely to appreciate their salvation than those who are forgiven of a little. Let's expound upon this point as we seek to apply the parable to ourselves in our lives. This parable can provide great comfort to sinners. Many people who come to Jesus have really made a mess of their lives. They know it, and the sense of their guilt is great. But this parable reminds us the Lord is willing to forgive, no matter how big the debt. And the woman reminds us that as one's sense of guilt is so acute, their love will be even greater. With a greater love, there will be motivation for greater service. Just as with the Apostle Paul, who did not consider himself worthy to be called an apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. So rather than wallow in our guilt of the past, we need to allow the great forgiveness Jesus offers to motivate us to love and serve Him even more. The parable reveals how we can increase our love and devotion to Jesus. Remember, the more cognizant we are of the forgiveness we have in Christ, the more we will love and serve Him. There are at least two ways one can have a heightened sense of forgiveness. One way is to have been forgiven of much, as in the case of this woman in the story. But another way is to learn more about the nature of sin. That is, how just one sin 
makes us guilty of all, as James chapter 2 verse 10 points out. Or how the wages of sin is spiritual death, eternal separation from God, as Romans 6 and 23 and Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 point out. We cannot change the degree of our sinfulness prior to coming to Christ. It's a canceled check. We can't go back and change history. But we can always increase the level of our understanding about sin. The more we can learn about the terrible nature of sin, the more we can appreciate the forgiveness we have in Jesus and the more motivated we are by love to serve Him. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And He died for all, so that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died and rose on their behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 through 15 What is our devotion and service to Jesus like? Do we treat him like Simon did? We invite him into our lives but really don't give him the honor he deserves. Could it be that we are more like the Pharisee than we care to admit? Failing to give Jesus the proper devotion due him? looking down in self-righteousness at people who we think are not worthy of Jesus. If you find yourself with an attitude like Simon's, instead of one like the woman's, remember that those forgiven most are capable of loving Jesus more, and that perhaps you need to reflect more on your true spiritual condition. For it was to the sinful woman and not to the self-righteous Simon that Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Thanks for listening. W. Clements Note wrote, That which you share multiplies. That which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone.